Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leah, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio and a couple other things. So let's get started, shall we? Just a couple. How's it going, Leah? How's your week this week? It's been good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been a... Like, not that busy but like a normal busy week yeah it doesn't feel oppressively busy yeah chinese school is over yes and the kids are doing the track thing and we have you and i have gone together to the track yeah i really love doing that it's so funny because the one of the coaches was yelling at the kids today Mm -hmm. basically saying do you know what we're doing out here do you know why we're doing this? And Edison just shrugs. <laughs> the only kid. I don't know. He, like, just, I just, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand the fear that he should be having. I don't know. My parents drop me off. I'm really freaked out about being late. I do know that much. <laughs> then he looked at me and shrugged again. <laughs> Was this homework? Is this running homework? Hey, but he's luckily he's so little. He's mm-hmm. one of the younger kids, right, uh, on the team. That I don't think the coach saw him. <laughs> I will say that I love that the coaches like do not tolerate any shenanigans whatsoever. Yes. Oh yeah, which no. is the polar opposite of every parent or organization coach that yeah. is involved in our children's schools aside from the kung fu teacher oh, she also will not she, tolerate any of that no. yeah but this is like and, and i mean to be honest it's the group of people that the kids are hanging out with at the track group is like a totally different group oh yeah than the ones that they hang out at school they're the scouts all that stuff exactly like, totally different kids if these coaches ran scouts oh it would be those people would be in their uniforms <laughs> there, there would be <laughs> No violation of the uniform standard. Everybody would be on time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Achievements would be happening. The athletics program in that group would be uh, just out through the window. We are towards the... Actually, we have ended our our scout time for this year to make... To do all of the required achievements, mm-hmm. and the den leaders are just like, "Hey, I'm missing these <laughs> requirements from these kids. Did they Apparently, do them?" Apparently, Ben is missing some stuff. We got to get on. <laughs> did, did you do them? <laughs> is that what you just? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so everybody's like, "Yep, d- did those? Yep, Twice. did those?" And then, <laughs> and then. There are obviously the core achievements, right? Those adventures they have to do. Right. And then there are extra ones. Right, right, right. And uh, I got a message from our den leader going, did Ben go fishing at any time this year? Yes. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. Is that good enough for the fishing achievement? <laughs> Has he fished? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's got to be more than that, but... I'm not going to question you in your willy-nilly den running. <laughs> As he performed an act of fishing. Yeah. So that's what's going on with us. <laughs> Thank you again for clicking on the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to us babble on about radio and some other things. But we do like to start off the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. 
And I, uh, this is a little bit of me saying, like, I've been kind of lazy when it comes to wire antennas. Oh, really? Yeah. Ben asked on the way home today, Dad, did you put up an antenna? Yeah, I think the coaches started getting <laughs> wise to what I was doing at the top of the stadium because I was just erecting antennas and whatnot. <laughs> what did they say? They haven't said anything, but I, I, I saw all of them, like, together and then just staring at me. <laughs> What is this guy so doing? I could only imagine what was that. <laughs> um, but I the last time I was out there I did bring uh, a K6ARKN fed connected to the QDX, the little digital transmitter. And that was just a long running wire on a carbon six telescopic 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 mast from soda beams. Great mast, great wire antenna, all that stuff. But I was like, I'm like, yeah, there's just like sometimes I just want it real simple. Mm -hmm. And I was I was thinking to myself that for those of you that, that haven't, you know, experimented in this space. Kark's like, you didn't even have to forage for these yeah, cards. I, know, right? so I think what, you how, might even have made the whole thing for me, to be honest. much yeah, that, more that is simple yeah. did you want it to get? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. I have been using that 17-foot whip for a while now, and there are a number of ways of, like, affixing it to things, right? They make the, the chameleon antennas has one. It's a C-clamp. It's pretty expensive. But then there's just, like, truck stop CB vice grip mounts that you can buy for, like, six bucks, and it uses some cheap vice grips that has just some angle iron that's been tack welded on the side of it and it's got the little connector what for the tack welded mean eh, it just means like a couple of spots of welding just so that it's like firmly affixed if you will uh and then you just use i won't yeah well okay yeah. and it's basically got the same <laughs> threaded connector as like hamsticks well guess what also has the same threaded connector and that's that 17 foot whip so i've been using that a lot lately insofar as the last poda i did I put 1,300 watts through that antenna. Not a problem at all. And doing something like that, believe it or not, it, it, the whip, it, once it's fully collapsed, it is a bit longer than your traditional telescope, telescopic mass. I don't know why I keep saying telescopic. But it, it packs really, really well and really easy. And they're really easy to use all the way up to 20 meters and then lower than that frequency-wise, all the way down to 10, 6, 2 meters, basically anything. I don't think it'll do 70 centimeters, though, just from the, the links we're looking at. But anyway, not the point. So this this aspect of, of ham radio antennas is actually kind of really inexpensive to get in on. There are a number of people that make these clamps. Super Antenna has one. I already mentioned Chameleon. But my money goes to just get one of those, get a couple of those vice grips. And then they can kind of go on anything, like a park bench. Uh, random fence railing, stuff like that. There's all kinds of adjustments you can do with them that makes them really versatile. And, and those 17-foot widths do really well. Now, you do have to manually adjust them to the bands that you want, so you will need something like a Nano VNA or an antenna analyzer. Um, and if you're in the Elecraft camp, you know that AX1, there's a reason why that's always in the bag with with me is because it's, it's really simple to set up. And for that, I'm actually using a... A camera clamp so it's a little camera it's a clamp that that uh, basically like a C clamp but it's more reminiscent of like a welding clamp that has a little adjustable arm on it and at the end of it is a tripod mount 
Well, Ellacraft sells a really, really nice pass-through BNC female-to-female connector with a with a radial lug that is tripod mount, and I've used that multiple times. If you go watch my, you know, keep ham radio on you everywhere you go, uh, you'll see that clamp is what I've deployed. I think it's small rig. Yeah, small rig makes the clamp that has the little mount on it, and that's on Amazon. So there's all kinds of different options, and you just got to figure out the connectors, how to make them all work. And I'm telling you. It's, it's not that it's easier than a wire antenna. In many ways, it's not easier at all. But sometimes the convenience of that and taking up a small space on the ground, if you will, is preferable than trying to run, you know, 40 feet of wire out in a direction and not draw a lot of attention um, and just kind of be out of the way and not anybody else's like mess or whatever. And then radials, you know, just make a big circle and you don't even well, it doesn't even have to be big you just need to get the wires down on the ground and then you know shuffled around a little bit so they're not overlapping each other too hard and that's all it takes so that's it that's well that's what i've been experimenting with and i've been having a good time at it so hey there's your ham radio minute that sounds so fun yeah it's i've been having a blast so this week actually for ham radio i've been having a lot of fun the show topic is um well we'll wait till we get there but i'm 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 gushing a little bit, I will say. It's going to be some surprises, some twists and turns, particularly for everybody who noticed the title of this podcast when they clicked on it. Just heard me say that. You're probably thinking, Josh, gushing about about that radio brand? Oh, boy. So, Leia, it's time. Where are you at with the question pool? I'm on question 11 of 35. Okay. What is the maximum height? above ground to which an antenna structure may be erected without requiring notification to the FAA and registration with the FCC, provided it is not at, <clears throat> excuse me, or near a public use airport. Mm. A, 300 feet, B, 100 feet, C, 200 feet, or D, 50 feet. And that is 200 feet. Why is the F2 region mainly responsible for the longest distance radio wave propagation? A, because of meteor trails at that level. Mm. B, because it is the densest ionospheric layer. C, because it is the highest ionospheric region. Or D, because of the Doppler effect. The answer is C, because it is the highest ionospheric region. I got that one wrong. Oh. The first one, right? Mm. How are radio communications usually affected by the charged particles that reach Earth from solar coronal holes? Shout out to Dr. Scove. Mm-hmm. Tamba the Scove. A, VHF, UHF ducting is improved. B, HF communications are improved. C, VHF, UHF ducting is disturbed, or D, HF communications are disturbed. Okay. <laughs> mm, the answer is D, HF communications are disturbed, and I got that correct. Space weather woman. To the rescue. What type of modulation varies at the instantaneous power level of the RF signal? A, phase modulation, B, frequency modulation, C, amplitude modulation, or D, frequency key shifting? The answer is C, amplitude modulation. I got this one wrong. Oh, no. 
I feel like maybe I should have known this. Yes. Actually, I don't understand why. I don't. You're going to have to explain it to me. Can you repeat the question? What type of modulation varies the instantaneous power level of the RF signal? And the answer is amplitude modulation. Right. So uh, what is a frequency? It's a squiggly line. Right. But if we made... So 40 megahertz or 40 meters as a band is 7 megahertz. And uh -huh. that is calculated by peak to valley or peak to peak. Uh-huh. Right. If we squeeze those frequencies together, mm -hmm. right, as I'm putting my hands around the microphone, mm -hmm. so it's intensifying my, my voice, and we go higher in frequency, mm -hmm. higher in frequencies just means more oscillations. Okay. Amplitude is the peak and the difference between the peaks and the valleys. Okay. So when we frequency modulate, we just are increasing the rate of the frequency, the ups and the downs. Okay. The, the the distance between the peaks, if you will. What is the instantaneous power level of an RF signal? Meaning it makes it go up more or down more. Amplitude modulation is based off of the variation in the amplitude of that frequency. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. And, and I mean, amplitude obviously is, we're talking about the intensity of the peak against the valley, if you will. That's amplitude modulation. What control is typically adjusted for proper ALC setting on an amateur single sideband transceiver? A, the RF clipping level. B, transmit audio or microphone gain. C, antenna inductance or capacitance. Or D, the attenuator level. <clears throat> the answer is B, transmit audio or microphone gain. Okay. Last question. What are the stable operating points for a bipolar transistor used as a switch in a logic circuit? A, it's enhancement and depletion modes. B, it's saturation and cutoff regions. C, it's peak and valley current points. Or D, it's active region between the cutoff and saturation regions. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what you're doing here? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? Mom? I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> I think so. Uh, uh, B, it's saturation and cutoff regions. Yeah. That's a very tricky question because they don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a it's a uh, it's it was a bipolar gate, bipolar transistor used as a switch in a logic circuit. Right. So the cutoff region is when it de-energizes, if you will. Right. So that's when it stops. Mm -hmm. So that would be the off switch. Okay. Energized is on. All right. So it's it's just a it's a one or a zero. Okay. Did you know that that's why the power like logo looks like that? Just no. the universal power logo with the zero and the one. No. When it's a button, when like an on-off button, uh -huh. it's a zero with a one on top of it. But if it's a switch, one uh -huh. side will be zero and the other side will be one. Mm -hmm. it's a, that's a basic logic gate, <coughs> on or off. Fascinating. Right? Yeah. Huh? 
huh? for me today. All right. Well, hey, if you'd like to study along with Leah, we highly recommend hamstudy.org. It is a free website that you can go to take practice tests for all of the American amateur radio licenses. And I believe they've actually expanded that to other nations with their own license pools. We do know that the general license is going to be expiring, not the license, but the question pool is going to be expiring soon. And they're going to come out with a new question set. And you better believe hamstudy.org will have that. So make sure you're ready to go. If you like books, and who doesn't? Go check out Gordon West's test prep books. They're available on Amazon. Links are in the show notes. And they have Technician, General, and Extra, as well as the highly recommended Fast Track to Your Ham Radio License books that are available on Audible. I have used that for my extra license, and I really enjoyed it. So those are all linked in the show notes. Those are links to Amazon. We are an affiliate, so we earn from qualifying purchases, just as an FYI. So thanks, everybody, for clicking on those if you go down that road. Join the conversation or further include yourself in the conversation by leaving a review over on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. Also, it's the only way Leia knows if the episode was good. It's true. Is by the number of reviews that we get. Speaking of that, we got no reviews. Oh, bad episode. <laughs> it's a bad episode last week. That means, Leia, back to you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into you the ready? unknown I will go, go. for I shall ready? fear no Let's man go. of peace. Let's go. Let's One go. foot after on. the other, for go. I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Indeed. Well, I had planned on doing a topic on summer preparedness. We talk a ton about winter preparedness because of my irrational fear of summer of cold prepping weather. had me a blast. <laughs> but it is about to rain out here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's been overcast. It's for the last, been like, cold. Days. I told the kids, you want to wear shorts this week? And they said, no, it's too cold for shorts. Met a sun flare crazy about me. Wow. <laughs> EMP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how celestial of you. <laughs> so let's talk about the things that you have to prepare for in summer anyway, while we are chilly still here in southern california mm -hmm. all right wildfires oh yeah particularly in the later half of the summer season uh power outages mm -hmm. that's the brownout oh it's terrible out here with the brown act right or the brown note right so many things to be worried about brown <laughs> Um, treating heat stroke. Oh, yeah. Are you going to tell people what they should do if they... Yeah, let, let's uh, let's run down this. Okay. And uh, this comes from r slash proppers, the Megan Reed, the underscore Megan Reed. Oh, the? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to run through the list. Um, a, an interesting suggestion is in the, in the summer is when gardening yields become available yeah right? you get you basically need to buy your canning supplies mm. because if you wait until you can there won't be anything on the shelves 
This is a very common. It's possible that you can't. (laughs) Yes, that's that's an okay joke. (laughs) Thanks for the uh, live review. Um. So, another user has suggested if you have a hard time finding these supplies, uh, hardware supply stores and dollar stores for jars. Uh, specifically like a farmer's supply. Sure. I don't know that there's many bell jars hopping around at Home Depot. Who knows? I'm I'm pretty sure I know. I bet an Ace Hardware has it. An Ace probably would. A Lowe's and a Home Depot. Again. You know who would have had it? An Osh. An Osh would have had it. Yeah. I'm sure they had it. I think it. this also depends where you live and the region mm-hmm. in which you're shopping. Like if it, we were up north or to the east in the, in the more farmy areas of California, I'm sure they probably have them. But out out here, no, they're not really as many of those. Uh, but also the dollar stores. The dollar stores tend to have not like ball canning jars, mm-hmm. but if you just needed jars they do have them you know it's also a really good thing to have on hand for canning for some of you paraffin to just seal chunks. the yeah many times you can you can get away with a paraffin seal for a lot of things i'm gonna take a quick detour to get good advice on heat stroke okay instead of internet populated advice good call right yeah i could ask ai mm-hmm. but no. uh after hearing about the military exercises using AI. Not through good. Philip DeFranco. That's what was it? They <laughs> they made an anti-air or just some kind of an, I don't know if it was anti-air. It doesn't really matter. It's it's, it's a supposed weapon. to identify threat. Right. It's like a drone that can be fired off of a, of a of a plane, and it was programmed to go after targets, and then it would wait for the approval of the pilot to hit the target. It got points. If it was able to hit the target, but sometimes the pilot would say, "No, no, don't hit the the target," which apparently, that's not... <laughs> and and I'm sure this is not the that's right not software. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the this is not the right software thing to say, but it got mad, <laughs> and so it tried to attack the plane, uh, the, the pilot, the pilot, right, and which it had to be programmed to, to not do that. Right, good call. But then it was like, okay. If I can't attack the pilot and I can't get the points by attacking the thing I'm supposed to attack, I'm going to attack the comms towers and communication ability so they that can't the pilot tell me. can't tell me right. not to hit the thing. And like, so wow. now we understand that AI is basically the mind of Edison. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, it was like, it's like, a, it's like a, to- it's like Edison. It, it's like a toddler brain or Edison's older not now, not uh, Edison is not a toddler, but now he's even more capable more diabolical more diabolical there's now he knows how to get things out of the way from his destination faster than ever before and so raising a kid like edison is like trying to stop the singularity (laughs) no it's you want him to maintain this like independent creative thought but use his powers for good oh i that is 100%. That is literally I'm trying the not to crush the 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 gentle mind. Right, because it's an amazing mind. But it is so diabolical. <laughs> and I don't want to crush the spirit, but at the same time the spirit is too strong, right? <laughs> he actually is a really good kid. He he just 
he wants to figure out how to get what, what he, he wants to do. And usually what he wants to do is win. That uh, winning well, it, is a very big deal to him. It is. Imagine a child that is very singularly focused on a goal. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be like a long term goal. Sometimes it's a very short term goal. And if your existence is slowing him down from doing it, mm -hmm. he'll just do it. <laughs> like it's not a it's not a hey i'm really hungry can i get a snack it's a i will give you one shot father <laughs> and then i will take over you should see the number of times that he is just trying to rush his brother getting ready in the morning because he doesn't want to be late for school he hates being late to things hates it i think because he wants to be first because he it, wants to win at something yes, else he's yes. already he's so down like i gotta be first in line i want to be first in line all the time yes and there have been times he's like can i just take my brother's backpack outside for him <laughs> see he's got he's got a problem and then you gotta worry that he's gonna turn against the people making the rules <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already half expecting to get a note like edison found a loophole and he's on the roof no 100 percent. i have already had this conversation okay. with the teacher because edison wanted something from the chinese school has uh, an incentive situation mm -hmm. where they earn tickets for oh, good yeah. behavior mm -hmm. or they earn tickets for doing excellent work in class, right? right. Edison doesn't have a lot of tickets, <laughs> okay? Right. But he has something he wants from the prize shop mm -hmm. that requires tickets. Mm -hmm. What he lacks in tickets, he has in money, okay? <laughs> So, and there is a snack shop that takes money. Right. And other kids he has found. Has, has tickets or not tickets, using. Oh my goodness. He's already. But not money. So it's just he like prison made bartering. a deal. Oh my goodness. With one of the kids that he would buy what the kid wanted from the snack it's shop. It's like going to the commissary. And then, and then the kid would smokes. give him a, a certain amount of d agreed upon tickets for that oh my goodness and then he went to the prize shop to buy what he wanted and then the the teacher came to me and he he was so nice about it this teacher is just like this infinitely positive like the exact kind of teacher you want to have <laughs> so edison can just drive that right out of him and he goes you know edison is very smart He's very what an opener. He's very entrepreneurial. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> like, yes. And and keep in mind, the teachers I uh, I feel the ones who don't know me very well because I'm absolutely somebody who will back up a teacher. Correct. Yeah. You know, if I know that my kids we, we, done something wrong. We do wrong, not believe our children are unique special snowflakes that need protection. We are very collaborative with the teachers because yes. we know they're not telling us because they want to be jerks. They're telling us because there's a problem. Right. And this is something that needs to be done with uh, at home and at school. Right. 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 <laughs> but the teachers at the Chinese school who don't know me. I believe because of the amount of things that I do at the Chinese school, they don't want to tell me bad things. Right, right, right. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they're really gentle about yeah, okay. it. Yeah, Right? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so you've already told us the plot, this. so we yeah. know where this is so going. So he's telling me about this scheme Edison has cooked up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, because that kind of undermines the whole basis of the tickets. Right. He, okay. he... If you can buy tickets, <laughs> then <laughs> there's. <coughs> And that's when Denison collapsed the entire market. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 I'm not telling you because it's bad. I'm telling you because I'm very impressed. <laughs> and I'm like, you should not be impressed <laughs> because you he has found a loophole <laughs> in the system. And then inexplicably, he won like the principal's award for that class. Uh-oh. Literally the... Paramedics oh. are riding up the street right now, so we're going to pause really quick and see what's going on. All right, well, it's inconclusive, but there are paramedics at the end of the, the street there. Possibly one of our older neighbor's house. All right, so back to heat stroke. Okay. Now that we've established that Edison would do fine in a post-apocalyptic bartering world. Yes. Okay. He would create new markets. Yes. <laughs> This is how you treat heat stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you immerse in cold water. So set up a, a bath of cold or ice water okay. to quickly lower core body temperature. If you are lacking of said bath or body of water, mm-hmm. uh, another one is evaporation cooling. So you mist cool water over the body while... Um, Fanning. While fanning mm-hmm. to quickly evaporate the water to cool the skin, uh, ice and cooling blankets um, in the groin, neck, back and armpits will quickly lower body temperature. Anywhere there's like surface blood arteries close to the surface. So carotid artery, armpits, femoral artery in the groin. Uh, that's one of the reasons why those instant single-use cold packs are really, really good. Yes. Um, those are a nice thing to have. Uh, also, you want to prevent shivering. Shivering apparently increases body temperature, making any kind of treatments less effective. So mm-hmm. if you use like a muscle relaxant or something to prevent shivering, that helps. So, so far, we're... Because shivering is usually your body trying to raise your body temperature. So, so far, it's muscle relax- relaxer, Dope cold up. packs, mm-hmm. right? And then a kiddie pool. Sure. That's <laughs> uh, Other ways to handle or prevent heat stroke, obviously, a shady or air-conditioned place. Mm-hmm. So, get to a mall, a movie theater public library Mm -hmm. somewhere where you can quickly cool down it's interesting because during the summer there are a lot of sales in retail stores specifically because people just want to wander around in air conditioning yeah for sure um i i want to go back for a second just because i looked it up those uh instant cold packs you can buy like a 25 pack of them on amazon for like 20 bucks that's pretty good and if you put so Throw one between the legs, one under each arm, and then one, you know, around one of the major arteries on the neck. That's four packs, basically. Not bad. 
and it uh, could save a life because heat stroke's no joke. Yeah, damp sheet and a fan will help cool down the body. Um, drinking like pressed on the skin, everything moist, and then hit it with the fan. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and also hydrate, but not just with regular water. You need like water with some kind of salt in it, like a or a Gatorade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like a liquid IV. Those are the other things I've been carrying a lot of is those liquid IVs. I'm sorry, I take that back. Non-sugary beverages, though. Non-sugary. Yeah, just but um, salty. something with, yeah. Yeah, yeah so uh, actually don't drink anything sugary or alcoholic if you're uh, experiencing heat-related symptoms. Okay. This is all according to the Mayo Clinic. Hmm. Uh, because drinks can enter, like... Sugary drinks and alcoholic beverages can interfere with your body's ability to control your temperature. And also very cold drinks can actually cause stomach cramps. So there you go. Uh, Take the the very cold drink and put it between their legs or under their arms. Yes. Don't put it in their mouth. Put it next to their groin area. Just pour it directly on the the junk. Yeah. Uh, there's a recommendation here for a generator and a blow up pool. If you don't already have one. And then um, it's just a party. Right. Swamp cooler, battery powered fans, and a full tank of gas. I mean, like push comes to shove. If your air conditioning in your car is the only access you have to air conditioning during a very hot day, mm-hmm. cr- like crank that up. Like, roll your windows down, crank your AC till it's getting cold, roll your windows up, mm-hmm. and cool the car down and get in. Right? hmm Yep. This goes back to my old adage of, you can always make yourself warmer easily by layering. Right. Cooling yourself <laughs> off. Right. Takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of energy. Stored potential energy or actual, you know, something that you, you're doing, like fanning someone. Um, with water on them because water alone is just not really going to do it even if they're drenched right because right? it's not cold water likely particularly if you're hiking yes right all those things become everything becomes more difficult when you're like off the grid and you're That's low true. on supplies uh if you are planning on staying put just get your air conditioning serviced before the summer because you will not be able to if it's not something you can do yourself those hvac techs are so busy in the summer do it now if you're hearing this do your uh, service now because they're so busy it's going to be hard for you to get um, access and support by the way field day is coming up this is one of those things where you should make sure if you've got a safety officer the safety officer not just is for free points and gets to wear a cool orange vest the safety officer should look into things like how well appointed your first aid kit is, all the other processes and standards you're going to use, an emergency set of numbers if you need help. One of those things you may want to do, particularly if you're going to be in a very hot area, is have some of these cold packs on hand. We're talking to you, Arizona. 20 bucks for like 25 of them. Not bad. And the other thing- You can get them cheaper than that too. The other thing you should do, if you don't already have cold packs in your freezer- we always have a ton of cold packs because we, like, I will often order. I was just going to say, because you get delivery of things that need to yeah. be frozen. Yeah. yeah. So, like, our um, our co-op, our farm co-op, mm-hmm. 
uh, I'll sometimes order uh, dairy stuff because they work with a dairy. Oh, yeah. Always comes with ice packs. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have those, throw those in your freezer and make sure you just have a ton of them frozen, especially for like brownouts and blackouts. Mm-hmm. Or if you need to just fill a cooler. Right. Mm-hmm. We've uh, done all of those things. And if you don't have those ice packs, Ziploc bags full of water is fine. I mean, it's not a very good solution because the seal is not very reliable. Some people have actually recommended taking sponges and putting them in Ziploc bags with water. Oh. Because it'll retain the water a little bit better. Mm. I mean, it's it's still going to leak if the seal fails, but, you know, sure, sure. sure. But as as long as it's ice at first, it's it's fine. Uh, There's also a recommendation that you prepare for hurricanes as well because heat enters uh, hurricane season. That's something we've got with the wildfires and the earthquakes, but other parts of the country have hurricanes, and that is no joke. Yeah. So those are the suggestions for... This week's preparedness corner. Things to think about. And again, if you've got a club meeting before field day, you should bring up topics like these and ask those questions like who's going to do this? Who's going to be responsible? When was the last time we opened our first aid kit? Obviously batteries. Check your batteries. Check your batteries. Charge them up. I actually like hand crank fans. You know, I think those. The ones that have like a battery inside of it? No, the hand crank ones. It's like a, you turn it and it spins the fan. It's a a personal hand fan. You don't know what I'm talking about? No. This is like a if you stop spinning it, it stops too? Yes. Oh. Yeah. That doesn't sound very fun. Right. But if you are without power and your batteries are stretched thin on other things, then mm-hmm. at least you have something. That is something. <laughs> So the show topic for today is... Alright, so today's discussion for today is... Go on to the show. The topic of today's show is... Gentlemen, let's get down to business. The show topic of today is day one with a Motorola radio. Oh, is that what you were playing with in the car? That is what I was playing with, yeah. Mm. Uh, a couple of after chats ago, and when I was hanging out with Shane... Shane, by the way, this is all your fault that this happened. So, Leia, you can I blame all, you, Shane. You can direct all. No more bonfires for yeah. you. Yeah. So he came out on the bonfire, and uh, I was hanging out with him for the whole day. And in between doing HF, he was talking about his Motorola radio, and he's got a really nice one. But and I was I was kind of just trying to like suss it out. So in the talk today is going to be me being someone who's completely new to this, and for a lot of you, maybe this will echo with where you're kind of at. And you may be curious, should I consider a Motorola radio or what I would call like a commercial radio? So this is not a radio that was designed for the ham radio market. Motorola makes them. Kenwood makes them. Icom makes them too. Lots of companies make radios that are designed for commercial applications or for first responders, police, fire, that kind of thing, right? And then, you know, just take that to the uh, the nth degree that it goes. So anyway, 
more conversations into the after chat. We were talking more about it, and it kind of came to the head of, well, what do you look at if you're if you're thinking about one of these radios? What's the point? You know, what should someone kind of consider for being something that might be interesting to them? Motorola has a multitude of radios, and they they are very expensive. So let me just say that right up. Very expensive. We're not talking about cheap radios. We're into the realm of expensive, expensive radios. The only saving grace for many hams that are interested in this is there are so many of these older Motorola radios, and that's the one that's sitting in front of me, an older radio that has been decommissioned and is either heavily used or incredibly lightly used and has been refurbished and being resold on things like eBay. So what starts out as, and hold on to your socks here, $5,000 for some of these radios, brand new, you can pick them up for a couple of hundred in the case of the radio that's, again, sitting in front of me, which we will talk about the radio in a second. In most cases, for some of the older older Motorola radios, you're going to be looking for UHF radios. So it's likely a mono band radio. There are there are variations to that, of course. And again, I'm coming from a place of a relative neophyte to all of this. I'm bringing my ham radio knowledge to a space that is very much ham radio adjacent, but the needs are vastly different. For most people, most hams, we're like, well, where's the VHF? Well, yeah, Motorola has VHF radios that are available too, and you can buy those, and you know, those are interesting to some folks. But a lot of people are getting the UHF radios, particularly for running P25 or DMR digital modes. And yes, they will work just fine on those. They are uh, fully capable up to uh, level two P25, I believe, or level two DMR. And, and I'm going to get some of the terms wrong here. So I apologize for all the diehard fans. Unforgivable. You can always email us at Leia at hamtactical.com. Oh, no. Just keep in mind that um, <laughs> I am doing this with people like Shane and, and the many, many smart people like Sideboom on Discord, one of our admins, and the multitude of people who reached out to me when they saw me post uh, that I bought a Motorola radio. So why did I buy it? Well, it turns out that in Southern California, addicted to buying radios? I'm addicted to buying radios. That's obviously the first, the right answer. <laughs> uh, but the second answer is I'm actually, again, I'm, I am spoiled in the sense that I live in Southern California, which is the mecca of higher frequency radios, among many other things. But I would put us like on the top end of a lot of the higher end frequency stuff. There are a lot of P25 repeaters out here. And I kind of wanted to understand what is the draw that so many people have towards these radios. Why you like this? Why yeah, why you like this though? So um I went with a cheaper model. I went with a Motorola Astro XTS five thousand. And I just found out about this today when I was Googling it, but not a Rubicon actually has a couple of really funny videos. Good videos. Really actually insightful for a for a first timer into that particular radio because he has the exact same radio as I do. He also has a, a mobile radio that I saw in his Jeep, but that's neither here nor there. Keep in mind, not a Rubicon's generally talking from the point of uh, GMRS, and he also has a private FCC business license that he runs a P25 repeater on. So it's a bit side outside of ham radio, but still really interesting. All right, so what are the key features of this radio? And, and Leia, I brought out... Um, I'm holding a couple of radios here. So, Leia, this is the Baofeng, which you're very familiar with, right? 
It's the Baofeng. It's the Baofeng. So $25. Uh, next, $35. Well, you can still get them in the 20s, but once you factor in shipping, sure. And then, of course, your favorite, the ICOM ID52. My baby. A nice, easy. And those are both dual band radios. The ID52 has way more features. And then there's the this guy. This is a Chungus. This is the big Chungus, the XTS. This 5, reminds 000. me of the Zach Morris cell phone. It is I've probably. I've got to call Kelly. Yeah. You gotta make sure Jesse Spano gets off of those caffeine pills. <laughs> so, what's the major differences between all these radios? Well, uh, the ID fifty two is designed for ham radio operators, and most ham radios that are Yesu, Icom, whatever, they were designed to be convenient for use for hams. The Baofeng, I would say, is more convenient than it is not convenient. <laughs> For hams, you can program it all off of the keypad in front of it, and it's a really usable radio in that sense. Plus, all of these radios have a robust programming software that exists that you can download and use. The Motorola, though, different kind of an animal. This is a commercial radio first and foremost. It was designed, um, the XTS-5000s in particular, a lot of, you know, police, firefighters, those type of people are using them. And they are looking for a radio that is going to be programmed for them in a very specific way, and they're just going to use it, right? There's some education and battery of arms that goes into them being a user, and then they are just going to use the thing. Okay. They want it to be a forever radio in the sense that when they turn it on, it's going to run all day. It's going to be literally bulletproof. Bullets have been stopped by this radio. Wow, so it's like self-protection too. It's the, I, there's stories of like Motorola radios saving a police officer's life because the bullet hit the radio and the radio stopped it, then you know hitting the officer. Um, they're they're almost always water resistant slash waterproof up to some amount of depth. They're dust resistant, meaning they've got coverings all over it, and they're usually shock resistant, meaning. They can take a fall off of like a building, not just off of a ladder or a couple of steps, and they're and they're fine. The weight of it is commensurate, and the huge battery is also what gives it a massive amount of weight, and that's why it can just run for so long. Being that it's mono band, you know, again, some of you in the chat are like, or the chat, the the listeners here are going, well, I don't, I don't really have use for just UHF, and and I get it that that's true for a lot of folks. And again, they have UHF as well. But uh, everything on this radio, which is slightly different than some of the amateur radio radios, is programmable. All the buttons, aside from maybe the volume knob, which is to turn on the radio, is configurable to the way you want it. And they come in a kind of like three major flavors. There is the no buttons on the face of it. I don't know what they exactly call that. I would call it the no frills, bare bones radio. That totally requires it to be plugged into a computer or some kind of device to program it. They have another model that has some nominal buttons on the front with a directional pad. That's like the second level, a little bit bigger. And then the one I have, which is kind of the, the biggest size, has a full keypad on it. And they call that front panel programmable. just looks like a cell phone with a very large speaker antenna and knobs it, over. it looks like a really huge old school cell phone particularly with the way they have the direction pad and all that stuff in the front but when it's front panel programmable don't let that confuse you it doesn't mean that it's front panel programmable like your Baofeng is like you can hit the menu button and you can go change all these things on the fly anytime you want no 
the deep programming, the the menu programming, the deep F menu that we would sometimes say for Yesu radios, that is inaccessible on the front panel from my experience. And again, I've only been playing with this for one day, and in fact, I, I don't have my programming cable yet. So I'm playing around with the front panel-ness of the radio and how this was programmed, which it was programmed okay. It does use the directional pad to walk through a number of I would call them options, front panel options that you can hit with the top three buttons. And there are nominal useful things like being able to scan, being able to check the battery, the level of the battery, how, you know, how much you got left. And it's a huge battery. So they last a really long time. And then jump through zones. So the big thing that you're going to have to learn with some of these commercial radios is that they very much function like a DMR radio would. And seeing this Motorola radio and comparing it to what I know about DMR radios, very, very similar. The zones are like, so imagine you have a small library in a it radio. Just, it just looks like a nightmare to program though. Oh, uh, the C yeah, we'll, we'll get to CPS software in a second. So imagine you have like a, a backpack full of books each book is a zone, right? And then the pages of that book, each page is a repeater that you can have programmed on the radio. But in this case, each one of those books, they top out at 16 pages, basically. So you have to have many, many books of 16 pages, and you switch through the zones to get into a new repeater set. So you could have a zone for being at home, you could have a zone for when you're at work, say you're like me and you're, you know, 20 miles away from home or whatever, I might have a different repeater set when I'm at work. So zones actually are kind of useful. I like the design of zones. I know a lot of other people do too. And there are a couple switches on top that can be set to like switch through zones easily and fast and quickly, as well as buttons on the side that allow you to program monitoring capability, meaning you can click that button and it will take the squelch away so you can just hear the noise because maybe there's a simplex person that's trying to come in that isn't breaking the squelch but they're still semi-audible that you might be able to make a contact we use that a lot too they obviously scan they have the scanning capability and their scanning is really good uh, but you have to have the wherewithal to have it all programmed beforehand the most standout thing on the entire radio i think is the ptt button which is huge everything put, on this thing is huge i know you can put two fingers on it it's absolutely massive it, do uh, it doesn't even need to be that big yeah so uh, I am at the it's point. It's misuse of real estate. No. Like radio real estate. No, I think is. this is fine. I think it's totally fine. Every Everything. So why am I gushing? Well, I was licensed in 2007. My first radio was a, a Yaesu FT60, which I still have. I love that radio. Great radio. Easy to program from my point of view. On the front panel, you can access all the menu options, all that fun stuff. And then this little weird upstart Chinese radio came out on the market. I don't even remember when I got my first one, 2011 or 12, maybe. I don't I think that was around that time. It was the Baofeng. And trying to figure out how to program the damn Baofeng when it came out. Uh, sure, we used the front panel, but not too long after that, software started coming out for it. And we had to figure out, you know, what cable do I need and uh, how do I get access to the software? And is this software, like, am I using the right version of the software that it will work with this particular radio? Like, all of that was the Wild West at the time. And that's kind of what this feels like to me. I, I know that uh, I could ask anybody for help and they could tell me exactly what I needed, but I'm having a little bit of nostalgia going back to how I was with the Baofeng 
when I was kind of first figuring out how it all works when I was kind of just doing it on my own. Because you're like a masochist. I am when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do have a programming cable coming. I do have the CPS software. And so CPS is the programming software, if you will, much like you would have for DMR or, you know, chirp to a degree. But the CPS software for Motorola radios goes way deeper than anything chirp would do. And that was also kind of a fun learning little nugget for me this evening as I was kind of playing around with this radio. So Sideboom filled me in a little bit on that. A lot of us, my, myself included, I kind of grew up in the, you know, ham radio 90s, early 2000s, starting out where we knew of Motorola radios, but we kind of heard the horror stories of, oh, you got to have a DOS machine that runs this very specific software, and you have this very kludgy serial connection to be able to program some of these radios. And that's true. What's kludgy? Uh, it's like a, you know, home-built stuff. A lot of parts that we kind of solder together and make okay. work, right? <laughs> so that was kind of how it used to be. And now it turns out that a lot of the CPS software that Motorola has available for some of these older radios, you can just download it. You do have to go through some legwork of qualifying yourself as an organization or business to be able to get access to it. But it's likely or largely all free at this point. And it's not that difficult to get it up and running even on a very modest laptop like the Jankopotamus. So... That is kind of where I'm at right now. I got the software loaded. The Jankopotamus is ready to go. The first thing I'm going to do is once the cable comes in, I'm going to download the code plug off of this and save it so they have a good backup in case anything goes wrong. And then I'm going to start just playing around with it. If I get in any trouble, I'll just have Shane debrickify it, whatever I've done to it, and uh, get me back up and running. I am uh, excited to get it up and running like I am with most things in ham radio, but I'm not actually assuming that this is going to be some game changer for me. P25 is an okay digital mode. It's it's not the top of the line when it comes to audio quality. I'm going to give it a good shot and see what all the fuss is about. I think that uh, Motorola has quite the sweetheart relationship set up with some of our first responders and people who buy the radios because the fact that this was at some point five thousand dollars leia this radio five thousand dollars right and the new ones i think are even more than how much that. is the flex radio it depends flex radio they've got radios all the way up to ten thousand dollars but a lot of them are like you know two thousand somewhere around there um most people are not looking at those super top-end radios, right? They're looking at the $2,000 offering in some cases. So a handheld that, that goes to that price is, is absolutely wild to me. And I appreciate that the new line of Motorola's is multi-banded, going all the way into much, much higher frequencies. So I am, uh, I'm not taking anything away from any of this. I have a completely open mind, and I'm going to explore it. So far, it's been kind of fun and takes me back to... You know, the good old days of, of when I was screwing around with the Elfin. days of your the days of your. So, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm I'm really actually kind of taken aback. It's it's almost like the Jeep of radio. Like when I when I posted on my Instagram, I was holding it and I called it the big chungus. Um, 
I got a lot of people that commented, man. Like, and they they like DM'd me, like asking, "Oh, if you need anything, let me know. I've got all the software. I can help you out." Blah, they blah, Jeep blah. nodded you. Yeah, I was getting the Jeep nod for Motorola, so maybe Motorola needs a Moto Wave or a yeah something like that. So people, I mean, they just see it on your belt because everybody that's got one of these always will like prominently display this. They won't like let it. It is the um. It's it's a bit of a show off item for a lot of folks. So yeah. So I'll, I'm gonna wear uh, I'm gonna wear it and then a couple of other radios and then I'll be like Can and I? a vest. Uh, so uh, totally apropos of nothing, I found out that you can uh, order orange vests on Amazon, like you know the emergency you know vests, right? Yeah, because whackers need it now. But it gets better. <laughs> you can customize them. Are you gonna get an HRCC orange vest? I already bought it. 16 bucks, logo on the front, logo on the back. <laughs> and then you can put a, a caption on the bottom. And I definitely put a caption on the bottom. Amazing. So I'll be making a video on that. I'll probably be wearing it for this Motorola video. So look forward to that in the future. And then you can see what the caption says. But yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all I've got. You could always just kill a guy with it, too. It's kind of like a weapon. <laughs> You can get two together, time together by the antennas, and now you have nunchucks. They, they yeah. <laughs> each one of them is heavier than one like limb of a nunchaku would be. So this is like there. You would definitely murder somebody oh, if yeah. you nunchucked them, moto chucked them, the moto chucks. There's a meme for everybody to get to work on. So yeah, there you go. <gasps> What's happening? Staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Welcome to the email correspondence tower. We appreciate you sending us emails at leia at hamtactical.com. The center building, the center tower that looms skyward is where we go for emails. But before we get there, we'd like to stop by the physical mail depot, which I did check out. Hey, more QSL cards, more QSL cards than I've gotten in a long time. So that stack has already reached the point that the last stack was that took about four months to get there. So I got to get to work on that as well. Plus I got some um, just kind of thank you QSL cards that I got to get out as well. So need to need to get started on that. That means we're going to go to the other outbuilding, which is the voicemail annex. Leia, if someone would like to send us a voicemail to be played on the podcast, how would they do that? They could call 562-334-2389. Mm -hmm. And Let's away we go. Or those beautiful voicemails. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu Nathan in Southern Vermont. Southern Tasmania. So I was just calling... Um, <laughs> Last uh, week, I mentioned I got a new car, so the I'm CRV. a little bit to yeah. make sure everything's all set. I got to get the windshield replaced on it uh, because they found a crack before I bought it. What? Um, and then I'm going to get some of my ham radio stuff, my mobile stuff, and antenna, and the, I don't know, the bracket, the, the antenna bracket or whatever. Figure out where they're going to put it in the car. I just want to make sure that I uh, am all good with the car before I start putting stuff in it. 
So that will be a fun project, um, especially since the setup in the vehicle goes from a, a sedan where it has a lot of area, the front console area, to like yeah, adequate area, but different with the the touchscreen infotainment stuff. So I'll figure that out and to throw up some more ham radio stuff. I was looking at the contest calendar for this weekend. It looks like June 2nd and 3rd, or 3rd and 4th, one of those, you can look it up yourself, is the Kentucky QSO party. So maybe people can uh, talk to people from Kentucky. Maybe they'll talk about some fried chicken. Okay, so I'm not <laughs> apologizing, as I was told uh, not to apologize for anything I say. <laughs> I apologize for apologizing. Uh, so, um... This is Kilo One Mike Afazulu saying 73, and uh, thank you for the podcast as always. I heard you're 45, 45, uh, top 45 of technology podcast in Poland. So Boom. There's something. Bye-bye. Poles love us. Thank you, Nathan. We appreciate that. Thank you for that update. And uh, did you know that in other parts of the world, Kentucky Fried Chicken is actually called Texas Chicken. Oh, no. Really? Which is confusing, right? Because it's Kentucky. That's a place. Yeah. <laughs> that's a state. And that's our last voicemail. So. That was it. Thanks, Nathan. All right, First Nathan. and last. Look at that. Scoring the puntos. The points, I mean. <laughs> the putos, you said? No, I said the puntos. All right. Well, we're going to mosey on up. The the tower. It's time to read your emails. Again, lay at hamtactical.com if you'd like to send us your comments on ham radio, your journey thus far, questions. And if you have a merch idea that we could turn into something to sell at hamtactical.com, which helps support this podcast, we'll send you one for free. So thanks for doing that. We have a decent number of emails. Oh. Uh, this week. With the number of voicemails, I did not expect many emails. Y- yeah. And I, I really want to encourage people to call in to leave a voicemail. Read your email to us. Right. <laughs> in voicemail form. Mainly because I love hearing everybody's voice. Type up the email. <laughs> don't send it. Send it to yourself. No, no. Don't. Oh, you could do that. You could do that. Uh, send it to yourself. Then have the majesty of opening an email from yourself. Then call us. No, hear me out. Okay, I'm hearing it. Write an email Mm -hmm. and then have AI, (gasps) your AI avatar, read it. No, we did that before. Somebody's done that. Yeah, well, I mean, but in their own But they need to make it punchy. You got to tell the AI, like, snappy. Snappy, snappy. I mean, but don't get too upset with the AI because it will turn on you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want my points now. <laughs> Wouldn't you like a nice soothing bath with your toaster buddy? <laughs> Thank goodness we haven't invented toasters with wheels, am I right? <laughs> Somebody's probably done that. A, wheel, like, I a noticed, wheelie toaster? I noticed that the little pretty damsel mosquitoes, I'm not seeing them at much this year. I'm seeing the big fat Texas mosquitoes, and there's one flying around this room, and I'm trying to get it while we've been podcasting. I see that. 
All right. So last week I put a question out to oh. our Floridian listeners. Oh, yeah. Is Florida okay? Our dear correspondent. Is Florida okay? Right. Because the, you can't trust anything anymore. Oh, well, that's right. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and as I pointed out, the trucks are still rolling, Leia. Yeah. They didn't like, sure. come on. So the first email mm-hmm. is titled Florida. Florida. And I'm going to have to say a big thank you to W1LSE for sending this update. Okay. We are fine. We haven't noticed any difference with the new law. If anything, traffic has gotten a little better, but that's probably because it's starting to get hot and all the snowbirds have gone home. I haven't noticed any construction sites or landscaper workers differences. We are used to having Hispanic workers here. I ordered my dinner last night from a restaurant that only speaks Spanish. Hope that helps your curiosity. In fact, it does. Thank you. And that's 73 from W1LSE. Awesome. Appreciate that. Happy to hear that everything is A-OK in Florida. Yes. The house of the mouse. I mean, that's one email. I'm assuming there's more Florida emails. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Way to be cagey. I just don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just going to read them. Okay. The next email is titled Shortish Time Listener, First Time Correspondent. Okay. And this comes from Joe. Welcome to the tower, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Hey, Josh and Leia. So I stumbled across your podcast in February 2023. That is recent. That is. When looking for a ham radio related podcast, because I recently got my first (gasps) UV5R. Oh, I thought he was going to say license. Found we'll play the button. We'll, we'll click the button for you when you get your license, or maybe he will in this email. Found a pod about car mount antenna do's and don'ts, and I'll let you in on a little secret about me. I've never listened to a podcast before in my life, so I had no idea what to expect. Oh, then this was a shock. This is not. This is not a typical no. podcast. No, I am in a podcaster's group. Right. And there was, I think, like two weeks ago. There your was your a stories list. you tell me about, like the do's and don'ts of podcasting. We just violate every one of them. <laughs> just well, every one of them is out the door. So, someone had put up a post asking, "What are things to podcasters? Mm-hmm. Okay, what are things that will make you stop listening to a podcast?" And mm-hmm. then this person took all of those notes, compiled them mm-hmm. into a top ten list. Mm-hmm. We do. At least 80% of the things. <laughs> I almost want you to like pull up the list at some point and read it. Oh, it's so- too far down the group now. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, what were some of them that you can remember? Obviously, the Pot- length. Yeah. 100%. Uh, hosts talking too much about their lives. <laughs> Tangents. Oh, that's all we do. Uh, I was like, this. Is, we should just call this the Ham Radio Tangent Course. How not to podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. Crash Course. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, if you didn't like the podcast, uh, let me apologize on behalf of all podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> because there are definitely much more topic-focused podcasts, right? Yeah, so, sure. That's not us. No. Apologies. I was 
about two hours in when I realized I had absolutely no idea why these two people were talking about various topics among cat cups and skyline chili. Mm-hmm. This was, you started listening, but you went way back in the archives. That's We might have, <laughs> I don't know if we referenced it, but yeah. I don't remember the specific runoffs from that pod, but we all get the idea. Anyways, towards the end of the pod, I found out about ham radio car mount antennas. Awesome. <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I was looking for. <laughs> Still not sure about the side topics, but I'm not opposed to them. The next thing I know, another podcast has started and I'm in it. Let's go. Wait, what is this about? These two are definitely married and have an awesome relationship. What was I listening to again? Oh, right. Ham radio. (laughs) I'd safely say by the end of my second pod, I was in love with the show. Oh, Oh, thank you. Well, then take that podcast group. (laughs) thank you joe that's so kind i mean that's that's kind of the funny thing about it right is that there's a lot of people that are like hem and hawing about doing the thing Mm -hmm. instead of just doing the thing and like yeah i mean we, we don't get a ton of downloads for the podcast but i think the number of downloads that we get we get puts us at the a higher level of podcast when sure. you look at the just the volume of podcasts, the right. sheer volume, right? right? And you, you can't, like, if you did everything everyone told you how it's supposed to be, I think at some point it would be boring in its own right. Or we wouldn't want to do it. But yeah, it just, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine. We genuinely like. like making the podcast. Right, 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 right. So this is literally the aspect of my channel that is just, it's really just for you and I. I yeah. just tricked you into all of this <laughs> as I continue to tell people. This is all a, an elaborate ruse on my wife to sit her down and talk to me for however many hours I can get her. About ham radio. <laughs> yeah, well, no, obviously we know that's not true either. And to make me get like That's also to trick the listener into listening. <laughs> it's just tri- like I am playing some level of XD chess at this point. Right, right. It's all just a, a scam. How do you get costco customers to listen to the podcast i i don't (laughs) i don't know that i want anybody knowing that secret that's for us that's for you and the listener (laughs) i don't know that i want that information getting out at this point i think i've this is a really great way to keep it secret (laughs) i think i gave like there's there's that whole we're through the looking glass on this one like alice through the looking glass yes i think that that's what i've done with the costco thing I worry about the information that I put out. <laughs> it's, it's too much too fast. Too much too soon. Someone's going to warn the Costco's. This is that whole like every horror movie when like a bunch of people run and, and they all meet up and they're like, there's no time to explain. We have to go. <laughs> okay. I've explained too much. Uh, I did the thing. See. I I get. Mm. I could. I should have just said like, "There's no time to explain. Just go check check this out. Watch this video, <laughs> and, and showed everyone. I've given it away. It's all. It's all gone. It's too late now. It's out there. <laughs> well, Joe continues. At this point, I tell myself, self, because that's what I call myself when I'm talking to myself. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the beginning to understand what's oh, going on no. with the emails from last week's podcast. So I did just that. 
And I went to the oldest pod available, which was a 2019 episode, which I believe was Leia's first or second podcast she was in. I've been listening to them in order to be able to catch up and, uh, and know the backstories. Your dedication that's to the details wild. is impressive i applaud you my current episode is october 23rd 2021 the other day i was driving and my last pod ended and i went to the newest pod on me and i should have grabbed my butt for what i was about to experience physical mail now the recording day <laughs> number two drop at the end of the pod the actual meat and potatoes of the pod is now in the middle Leia hasn't passed her general yet. <laughs> I was so shocked I had to let you know. But from what I hear, your days are numbered until you take your exam. So good luck. We're all rooting for you. Well, thank you. My days are definitely numbered. I procrastinated all the way to June. <laughs> and we're here now. <laughs> I'm not going to hear you read this email for a while. But when I do hear it, I'll let you know. Currently, I'm studying for my tech, so for now, I'll be signing off by saying I'm not allergic to bees. 73, Joe, 1X crew for life. Oh, thank you, Thanks, Joe. That was Joe. very nice. Good luck on your tech. You're going to be able to knock yeah. that out of the park. Yeah. That's oh, that's such a nice email. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, that's that, awesome. That actually kind of made up for a lack of reviews <laughs> this week. Yeah, that's how I felt so about that. So glowing. Yeah. yeah. Feels good, man. Thank you. The next email is titled, Got My General and Got Some Recommendations for Emergency Food. Oh. And this comes from Jacob. Hey, Leah and Josh. I've been meaning to send an email for a while, but I'm currently listening to you guys talk about dehydrated dried food on the pod, and I thought I'd throw in a couple of recommendations if you're interested in doing DIY stuff. I have been into camping and backpacking for a while, and I picked up a couple of books about a decade ago that are great. If you're looking to make your own dried meals for camping or storage, you might have to pick up a dehydrator if you're interested in doing some of them, but you can also just order dehydrated ingredients, mix them up in a food saver bag, mm. and then store them long term. I've had a lot of fun putting together meals for hiking, camping trips with these books, and the meals come in, in handy. Come in handy, yeah. <laughs> when the power goes out as well. Anyways, the books are good food for camp and trail, all natural recipes for delicious meals outdoors by Dorcas Miller, uh, and trail food, drying and cooking food for backpacking and paddling by Alan Kesselheim. Paddling. Uh, like I'm assuming paddling? by boat. Okay. The well-fed you get you build up right you you build up a right strong hunger when you're paddling. <laughs> it's not like a fraternity paddling. Did not... you kerchunk the repeater? That's a paddling. <laughs> Did you key up your radio without an antenna? That's definitely a paddling. Wow. Uh, and Jacob was so kind as to uh, give us a list. Um, of links to Amazon. I will drop those in the show notes. It's worth mentioning that one of these books, and I can't remember which one, was the book that turned me on to savory oatmeal. So there's a tie-in for absolutely savory oatmeal. Mm. No, I can't get on board. It's the most delicious of oatmeals. I... You, but the problem is you don't like congee either, so I can't trust your taste. Congee's 
fine. I'm sure there are other books as well. So if you've got any recommendations, I'd be happy to hear them. I would love recommendations for freeze-dried food. And I am actually very encouraged by this. I can just buy things freeze-dried, mm-hmm. pre-freeze-dried, and not to buy have to buy a one of those harvest whatever freeze dryers that costs like $5,000. And it looks like it's a washing machine hole <laughs> that you stick trays into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very large machine. Oh, no, I've seen them. how small. Yeah. But I still kind of want to get one just to make freeze dried candy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a dehydrator and a brand new Motorola radio at this point. You know it's going to win. Does the Motorola make Skittles puffy and crispy? <laughs> I can make smash of them with the Motorola. <laughs> All right. That that doesn't do anything to the experience. I, I think I'm going to bite the bullet and do it. I wow. want you to know. Really? I want you to know something. I didn't expect that. You have wanted hmm? a replacement massage chair. And instead, you got this. This is so, a couple of hundred dollars. Guess who's back? <laughs> this is, a is couple... going to continue to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, I thought you said guess who's who's back. I meant back. Back, back. again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I never had a Motorola. <laughs> can't be back from what's one has never been had. Uh, this was a couple of hundred dollars, if I didn't mention that. A couple of hundred. All right. Not not five thousand. I would I would not. I would not. I don't know about you sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I I could I don't know about you sometimes. I couldn't I could not buy. You know what, Josh? I think it's time to start liquidating the radios. Like just some of them at least. Like let's you need to just start There are some I can get rid of. I've already I've already picked them out. I've already I've already got my my list of like the it's a I'll be honest, it's a small list, okay. Just just let me be frank with you. Um, but yeah, there, there are some reasons. Surely you just. No. <laughs> and and there, you know, you know the, the ones I'm not completely sold on because like I kept the boxes for them. So when I can pack them up, they'll be like perfect. It'll be like a nice pickup for somebody. But there's, you know, you guys ask me like, which one of the kids is your favorite? And I'm like, yeah, that's really hard. You got the 705. <laughs> Got the Elecraft KX2. I thought you were going to say Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's also very high on that list. Uh, there's just there's just so many options for me. I just have so much love to give. You know, that's that's how I look at it. Yeah, but this is also and they all one need of those homes. like they're all unique. Special. What is it like eighteen and counting? The radios can't raise the other radios. Okay. <laughs> like... Plus, that's the. Parent- I don't want to go down that's that the rabbit parentification hole. That of not, radios. Yeah, right. you know, yeah, that would that led into a little of uh, yeah flowers in the attic territory. One of those radios is going to end up being a huge problem. <laughs> One of them. Yes. <laughs> One of them is going to get multiple felonies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I also wanted to let you guys know, Jake continues, Mm -hmm. that I went and did the thing about two months ago and passed the technician and general classes. Two for.
Congratulations. Congratulations. I was trying to cook up in my head like the 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 story arc of the radios. The, the radios all living in the fa- in, in in one house. And they're like, there's a lot of foreign exchange students in this house, isn't there? <laughs> one of them bumped his head. He reset to default. He only speaks Chinese now. Did you ever get that uh, that radio I bought you that has the video games on it working? I gave that away. It's gone. That was a giveaway. That was a giveaway like... It might be two years ago. Whoever got that, did you get it working? <laughs> it, it was so frustrating because it looked pretty good and you could load <laughs> ROMs on it and it would play them for like a solid two minutes and then just freeze. And I couldn't get it to not freeze. Very frustrating. What a bummer. All right. I utilized the HRCC live streams a lot when studying for general and then just kept testing with ham study until I was passing. I wanted to thank Josh for the advice on one of those streams when he said that the real learning would begin once I started using my privileges. Yes. And the important thing was passing the test. It was great advice to help me get over the test anxiety and go and get it done. Next up is my amateur extra. Extra by next April is the goal. And my VE exam so I can start helping out with getting people into the hobby. Oh, excellent. Jake's about to be a super ham. He's about to be a super ham. Thanks for all you guys do. Love the podcast. And hopefully we'll bump into each other on the air someday. Kindest regards, Jake. KJ5AMZ. When the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. Dr. Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, that's that's weird, Well, I'm so happy you did the twofer. That's that's a that's way, the way to, to go, go for you. That's the way to go. And thank you so much for the links that I will be dropping in the show notes. And uh, excuse me while I hop on Amazon to go buy some freeze dried whatever goes in the things that I want to make. I mean, that's that feels like so to me. Just hearing that that feels like another big hole to fall into. Right, because it's probably only worthwhile if you buy bulk ish in some of these ingredients. Yeah, but like so how for instance, store garlic garlic and onions right off the bat, you need those for like everything. Right. Right. No, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about what you can do with it. That I have no question you're gonna be able to do fantastic with that. I know you do great. The what question about is, the what do next we do with HRCC it? camp out? No, no, no. It's nothing it's just, but these freeze dried bags that I made. Like, all we brought was a kettle. <laughs> we got a lot of water. This let is me where tell you, you rehydrate your charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of dried meat. You can warm it yourself, but I just like to put it in my mouth. <laughs> it's like bubble gum for man. <laughs> so, is, that what, is that your camping accent? <laughs> It's just my general <laughs> strong dude man. voice. That's the guy who drives the Jeep. And uh, I don't know that I would. Off-roading. No, no offense to the Jeep. It would be like the guy who drives like the diesel truck that hauls things. You know oh, what I mean? Like that kind yeah. like that kind of man. Nothing against Jeep guys. I'm just, I wouldn't necessarily use that voice for. A You're Jeep right. Because I see a lot of women driving Rubicon. Although I could, I could. Well, yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess the gladiator, because Canterbury drives a gladiator, and I put him on the like men, high men. high man level. All right, you know, yeah. Dave Canterbury drives a gladiator, fully appointed gladiator. 
No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you go buy all this bulk dehydrated stuff. Yes. Right. And you bag it up right away. No, but you, you have can't a processing day. You can't. <clears throat> you can't just bag it up. You have to suck the air out of it. There can't be any moisture in that. You're gonna it would, suck it out with it would a go rancid. Saver. This is what I'm saying. I have one. I understand, but you don't have a trash bag size food saver bag to suck the air out of for your 18 pounds of dehydrated garlic and why wouldn't i just use one of those clothing saver bags where you use a vacuum to because that's not going to the... seal well enough they'll seal horribly oh. okay that's what well, i'm saying is like there's there's logistics to having a lot I of just... like loose dehydrated stuff because but it when won't you... be loose because i will food saver it no I, I i know you're saying that i know you're, and then i know you're saying when i'm when I'm done food savoring it, then we can just put it in five gallon buckets and throw packs in them, the oxygen packs or whatever. Again, I know you're saying that. And then, but up to this it's point, like that has been my farms. <laughs> I hear you. I just know that that's been kind of my territory. You're right. I will put them in food saver bags and then you will handle the rest. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about <laughs> is that you're going to make like three backpack meals and goes, and I'm I'm good. I can't just make three backpack meals. I I would hope. Yes. Okay, I've got to so, make yeah, yeah. four at least uh -huh. of each flavor. Mm -hmm. I, I bet I could do a pho. Yeah. A pho with like pre-dried stuff, not with a dehydrator. Well, pre-dried stuff and dehydrator. Oh, now you you're back to now you With want the both dehydrated stuff. Now you want both. No, no, you no, want no, a dehydrator no. buy and the de the dehydrator stuff. But I mean, bean thread noodles are actually very good for this because they hydrate very easily. Sure. Yeah. Most of the stuff hydrates fine. You just really have to just and chop bean it up. threads don't have oil in them, so they don't go rancid. So they will sit for a very long time. Unlike ramen. That is one singular component mm -hmm. to a melange of amazing ingredients that goes into a pho. Yeah, I'll just get like pho a Chinese. Bouillon. I'll just get pho bouillon. It's, you know, just like a, the ingredients in a Chinese. That's like some kind of curry sauce over <laughs> a bunch of fried things. That's... <laughs> For anybody who didn't catch on to that whole world. That was a TikTok uh, trend for a while. The British telling us about buying a Chinese. People got so heated about how that was referred to, but it came down to like just nomenclature. Well, kind of, except that some of that stuff was like Southeast Asian. It wasn't a Chinese at all. It was actually a Vietnamese no, or a Thai. No, people were upset that it was referred to as a Chinese versus getting Chinese food. Mm -hmm. But that's even but the they, wrong term is what I'm saying. It's like the curry yeah. sauce that they, the curry sauce I saw, I haven't tasted it, looked like Japanese curry sauce. Mm. It was thick, stewish. Well, we're just going to have to go to England, isn't it? it <laughs> <laughs> okay. The other one is the uh, spiced bag. The spicy bag. That's an Irish thing. What's a spicy bag? I'll have to show you videos of it. I'm down with that. Like, I'm on board with that. That's I thought thing. that Ireland was not big on spicy I know. Things. I know. There's a guy in the U.S. that makes it. Like, he, he makes it. He shows you on TikTok how to make it. And I'm like, that's actually... Spicy. Pretty good looking. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. like, all right. 
All right. Well, thank you so much, Jake. I look forward to hearing about your extra and VE. Maybe we need a little bell that we hit every time we do a podcast faux pas. What what is that? What what could be a faux pas? That that whole diatribe we just went on? We can give it a... (laughs) A side. Every time we do a faux pas. Is it a faux pas or is that just the nature of the podcast? I mean, it's how we pod. (laughs) But I don't know that we're telling anyone to do what we do. All right. The next email is titled T-shirt revision idea. Oh, 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 this is like a a remake. Right. Like they do with the movies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take the greatest hits, recast them. Take all... (laughs) In the Take oppos- all your original IP. Bonus points for the opposite gender. <laughs> right. And sprinkle people of color on top. Yes. This comes from John. Hello to the dynamic duo of Ham Radio, Josh and Leia. That's funny. Thank you. Are you the Dick Grayson of the dynamic duo? I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, John says, I was on the merch site just window shopping and I noticed the antennas, chili, touch lamps, and cat cups and HRCC podcast t shirt. And I thought, huh, I wonder why they didn't mix it up to spell catch. You could make it cat cups, antenna, chili, touch lamps, and HRCC podcast, or put chili first. Just a thought. I'm not a ham, just ham curious. Been listening for a couple of years. Wow. Love the Not banter. a ham, but listening for a couple of topics. years. Thanks for the podcast. Josh is like, how are you not a ham after a couple of years? What can I do more? <laughs> how, how do I? I will come to your house with VEs. <laughs> I woke up and the lawn is sprinkled with Baufex. <laughs> and then like... Gordon West is is like always just out of my view, holding his book up. <laughs> He's watching me all the time. How did this happen, John? This is a really good idea that should have occurred to me. Catch upon, though, why catch? Because that's what that would make if I had rearranged. No, I get thing. it. Like that's just like you made an anagram, but why catch? Like what does catch mean? That's not a. It's it's just so it is a word an acronym. So there's an acronym. I see. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to write that down. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to remake the shirt, though, John. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you had a great point, John. <laughs> we love it. Now I'm just going to embrace the imperfection of the shirt. <laughs> it wouldn't be a hard shirt to remake either, as shirts go <laughs> oh that one's probably like on the closest <laughs> easiest scale to do there's no logo it's all text editing but <laughs> no you know what i like that it doesn't make an acronym you know, i just don't know what catch gets us you can catch anything really <laughs> there's a fishing derby on <laughs> on saturday this is the uh, Parks on the Air so Salute Your Parks Weekend. It's Support Your Parks Weekend, but I just remember Salute, salute Your, your Parks. Pa- 
I was like, you're just just supposed to go to a park and start like putting your hand to your head. With your orange vest on and your Motorola. (laughs) I salute you. (laughs) Do you remember the show Salute Your Shorts? No. On Nickelodeon? No. Oh, okay. I did not watch a lot of Nickelodeon. Hey, dude. Yeah. Did you watch the show? Is that Arnold? No. There was literally a show called Hey, Dude. That was not with Arnold? No, it was a live action. Like, so was Salute Your Shorts. It was actual actors. I think, not animated. I think I only watched like Double Dare. That is way before this stuff. Oh, then I didn't. I think I had moved on to like MTV or something by that time. Wow. So, you know. So grown up for your age there. I know. I'm so mature. You know. Yeah, this is like uh, Clarissa <laughs> Explains It All era. I don't know that I even. Alex watched. Mack. No. Wow. Okay. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Is that the era of VH1 pop-up videos? Uh, if it was. Time-wise? Yeah, like Talk that's Soup. all I was watching. Talk, Talk Soup. Soup I was obsessed with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Talk Soup was really good. That was that was really a time. I, I still will watch anything with Joel McHale in it. He's in a very terrible show right now, and I still watch it. It's just on in the background. So, I want to give him some views. I don't know but, how residuals work. Our writer friend will have to <laughs> inform me. Do, do sometimes like Joel McHale's comedic stylings to me feel like they predated that of what's his name? The guy who plays Deadpool. But they're similar. Ryan Reynolds. They're very similar, right? But like Joel McHale's the more like. No. He's almost. he's He. Joel McHale is more like. um, What's his face? That. <sighs> Uh, Tosh.0. Daniel Tosh? Yeah. That's what Talk Soup feels like. Like, Tosh.0 was a more modern version of Talk Soup. Hmm. Okay. Like a a post-social media Talk Soup. Mm Mm-hmm. Because then you had the internet to just tons of stupid videos people uploaded (laughs) of themselves being fools. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't need people to source it for you. It was easy to get, right? Right. For free. Yeah. 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 And then you just be riffing on that for an entire show. But for an entire show. Yeah, that's what Tosh Point I would do. No, I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. That's like so ridiculous or whatever. But Talk Soup was the same thing, but it was pre-social media. So there was the the producer guy. I always remember. The dark-haired dude with the mustache that had the like the boom mic on his head, you know, he, was, yeah. he had little Madonna mic. Yeah, that guy always cracked me up. I loved Community. I thought Joe McHale was like hilarious in Community, but <laughs> I can't even imagine what it might feel like to be him when the best thing he ever created was what broke through his career. Talk Soup to me is still the best of Joe McHale. There's no show that he's going to be able to be on that's going to beat that. Because he was the second guy. The first guy had that skunk spot on his head. I don't remember who that was. Yeah, you weren't you weren't an OG. No, I'm sure I watched it mm-hmm. because I saw the transition. But Joel McHale was my favorite. The first guy was like my Art Bell to uh, Joel McHale's George Norrie. It's not as good. <laughs> All right. The first guy whose name I can't remember. That's how good he was. Let me just say that. The next email is titled, 
you've been hit by a smooth wrangler. <laughs> is this about regular and sharks? this comes Please. from Jacob. Is Hello. this about the professional homeowner? We're just going to keep... The pro-ho? <laughs> is this about the pro-ho? <laughs> How does he not hear it? I don't know! I don't know! He's so straight-faced. I don't know. I don't know. Is he actually a comedic genius? I don't know. He definitely won TikTok. People don't know what he's doing. They're like, I'm not sure if I like this. I'm uncomfy. You're saying some things I like and other things I hate. He was like, get yourself a Southeast Asian woman. It's or or an orthodox, his, an orthodox Eastern European, <laughs> and his wife is like American white, just like. Oh man, uh, is he really not divorced? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. We're not supposed to talk about him. Yeah, we're so. Jacob says, thanks for all you do for ham radio. I had no idea this hobby existed or that I'd be interested. Oh, wow. Until COVID made me watch your videos. (laughs) COVID is up in in people's houses going, you watch this channel. I will get you sick. (laughs) You watch about ham radio. You could watch this and I'll go. (laughs) See you again with Josh Post again. And I'll be right back. That's what the algorithm gets you. That's really what COVID brought. Man, you got COVID on your marketing team? Man. (laughs) Impressive. (laughs) I don't think it's what you think it is. It flew over your head. Gotcha. I have a series of random statements that may be of interest to you and your audience. One. Wrangler Star is ah! selling three GMRS radios and a morale patch for $500. Oh, my God. Well, not exactly, <laughs> but close enough. Here's proof. There is a link. It is about promo. <laughs> uh, there, <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm not dropping the links to no, Wrangler yeah, Star not, in our show notes. We can't. Um, but I can read you a portion of what the link says, okay. and it's on RadioMadeEasy.com, and the product is called Wrangler Star Pro Ho Radio Package. Pro Ho Radio Package. Yeah. I got a QMX instead. Probably a good call. Two. I took the extra by April thing a little too far. I got my extra in January, but I live overseas. So I applied for two foreign call signs in the country I reside in and visit most often. Well, let's just go ahead and ring that bell for you. Let's give you the extra. Congratulations on your extra. But Jacob asks, how do I QRZ.com this? Sorry, I'm still new because he has two foreign call signs. I think you have to make multiple logbooks. And you'll have to have a call sign associated with each of them. And then you should also make sure that you try and put a grid square in for where those contacts were made from. Oh, so you can't have one unified QRZ profile. Well, oh, profile-wise, I don't know how to answer that. Um, yeah, so from a QRZ standpoint, you may have to contact, uh, make a help request or something like that 
or also just search yourself and see if your call sign actually shows up like your international call sign your american call sign is going to be there that's likely what you have an account under i don't know what to do with the second and third call sign in that case on qrz i don't know how that works that goes beyond me because frankly i don't i don't really know enough about qrz other than get my logs up there and knowing how the forums work so yeah. that's what i would say you'll need somebody who has dual hamship dual hamship yeah no to, i think you just you. reach out to qrz and have them answer you all right Three, can I send you pictures of my roof and you give me antenna recommendations? I only want to homebrew something stealthy as it's technically not our roof. But the only way one can access it is through our house. I've taken the liberty to grow potatoes and sunchokes in bags on it. And I'm running a 22 gauge and fed half wave through the foliage. Oh, okay. Yes. So anyone can send me an email and you have to title it Antenna Recommendations from Josh. That is the subject. You have to use that because that's what I search for. And we already did the first round of these videos. Please, please include the aerial photos. Whatever photos you can add are helpful. But you need to tell me what bands of operation you want to hit, right? What your, what your goals are, your ham radio goals. And you have to include your budget very very important and then anything you all you think might be pertinent are you in an hoa do you have other restrictions is it stealthy that kind of thing and then i'll i'll try and work with the you know to the best of my ability to help you out don't expect it to Where be do fast you want though. an email to uh josh at hamtactical.com there you go Four, I'm from Arizona originally and grew up eating chimichangas. Have you California people heard of them? Just oh, yeah. curious. Chimichangas were like a part of our school lunch menus when yeah, I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do love a good chimichanga, but it's it seems excessive now when I'm older to deep fry what is already a yeah. 300 calorie tortilla. It's a like a, it's a fried meat burrito. Usually it doesn't have like any veggies or anything like else in that. It's mainly just And meat. cheese. And cheese. Yeah. And then sometimes smothered with a sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I've had lots of varieties of chimichimi, any fried Mexican food. We get it. Changas. <laughs> I, I remember there was like a chicken dish that we always used to laugh at because it translates to chicken bs chicken tinga no chicken bs in in spanish it's just chicken bs it's not chicken tinga no, it's like chicken it's not chinga, pollo tinga. chingadera chingadera something I don't know. like that yeah all right five somewhat related to question four in my high school my football team would go to the to whittier college yes that whittier mm -hmm. for training camps at the end of summer just before the season started twice a day we do an exercise called circles of death which involved running around the track up to the bleachers a minimum of 10 times oh my god that's 2.5 miles not including the bleachers wow that is in legit. the summer that's legit like, do you need heat stroke advice? <laughs> like, in my senior year, these were renamed to Circles of Life because of the tragic deaths in other states. And my coach didn't want parents to know what we called our time-honored uh, tradition. Uh, uh. 
did I spot these cursed bleachers in one of Josh's videos where the kids were on the track? No. No. That's, Different college. That's uh, Cerritos College yeah. that they run at. But uh, I grew but up. But they in did run around the track and run the stairs today. Yeah. My high school or my home, my my uh, youthful residence was about a mile maybe from Whittier College from those bleachers. Yeah. Very those cool. are good bleachers too, by the way. Those are really good bleachers. I remember going to a bunch of fo football games there. College games. I didn't know that you went to see college games. I didn't know you kid. were sports ball. No, no, I was a kid. Really? Yeah. The Poets. Oh, that was what a the... great and peaceful mascot. What a what a name that makes you think they're really bringing the heat. <laughs> they're going to come at you in iambic pentameter. <laughs> Could you imagine if their like, mascot was uh, Cyrano de Bergerac or something? <laughs> de Bergerac. De Ber whatever. Uh, and he's like, I'm just going to talk you into loving me and then, <laughs> you know, let us win. Through another person, though. Right. Some <laughs> rando at the, pulls a random person on the stage and then they have like a little... Say these things. <laughs> the crowd will love you. Uh, that Wow. Circles of life or death sound terrible. <laughs> Either way you go no, with that. I whatever. Just, I don't I, care what you call it. <laughs> you can call it Pokemon for all I care. <laughs> it's <laughs> Yeah. 10 times on the track and they did that twice a day. And uh, then run twice the a day. That's intense. I bet those kids were ripped. They were like in really good shape. Well, football's a serious game. That I know the military goes harder than that, but I imagine that is pretty close to a lot of the like stuff that they make people do at boot. I'm betting. I'm I betting. believe it. All right. Well, Jacob signs off seventy two seventy three. Jacob. Thank All the you 70s. so much, Jacob. Look forward to your roof email. Looking forward to your roofy email. Yeah. Roof email. <laughs> I'm getting sleepy. I can't answer this email. <laughs> and now it's time. It's the final email. Okay. This last email reads, Ugh, another grounding question. Uh-oh. And this comes from our fantastic resident author, mm -hmm. Rob Bailey. Yes. Master of uh, moon stuff. Master of moon things. Exactly. Yes. And Rob says, hi, Josh and Leah. I know you've already answered a million grounding questions, but I have a situation I have not heard you address. Mm. A friend has a copper two meter J pole antenna that was incorrectly mounted on the side of his house. Mm -hmm. It was grounded by a wire going into his house ground. We had to remount the antenna and now the ground wire is a few feet too short. I could connect a strap or wire to the existing one to extend it, but something tells me that would compromise its integrity. Is that the best approach, or should I run a longer ground wire to the house ground, about 30 feet, or run the wire to a ground rod 12 feet below, or does it even matter? I'm going to try and piece together the best that I can. Um, so you don't want your lightning ground to be your AC on your house ground. Let me just say that right up front. 
lightning is pretty damaging to everything in your home. And if lightning finds the shortest path to ground through your AC ground, then that potentially means the lightning is going to travel through the circuitry of your home, not just destroying everything in its path, but also potentially catching your home on fire. Ruh-roh. If you think about that, right? Like that, that could be incredibly bad. So let's not do that. What I think... What I think you're getting to is that you need some kind of expedient path to ground for the antenna. I'm, I'm guessing, and, and um, I don't know the details here, so I'm just going to go off the what, I, what I'm going to gleam off of this. What you could do, and, and this, would, this would work um, in, in two sets, 30 feet to the actual home ground, which I'm assuming you mean is a ground rod that's by the AC service panel, so your meter, if you will. If you're 30 feet away, hey, that's we can work with that. There's all kinds of options you can do. But let's first get the lightning out of the way first. So for the lightning, again, lightning wants to take the most expedient and fast pathway to ground possible. And so for that, I would recommend that you drop a ground rod, like an eight-foot ground rod, just right below where the antenna is mounted. Take your coax and cut it and make a coax fit uh, a really nice, you know, you can you can run it up against the eaves and then on the side of the house and then to the ground, but have it run to that ground rod that you just dropped. On that ground rod, mount a spark arrestor. And what that will do is it will basically put the lightning, if the lightning wants to go down that path, at least it's going to try to, it's going to try to put that energy into the ground rod. So it's going to go on the shield of the coax down to the spark gap, um, this spark arrestor, and try and put it on to the ground rod. That's your best bet. So you want that path to ground to be as, as short and as close as possible off of the antenna. So there's the first step. Now, for the remainder 30-foot jog to the AC service, at about the halfway point, you could could and i if you're if you want to do it the right way this is the way i would go about the halfway point but on that 30 feet so 15 feet call it drop another eight footer and i would then bond those ground rods all of them the ac service this midway ground rod and then the call it the lightning protection ground rod bond them together with some kind of a coupler, uh, a mechanical coupler, do not use solder of any kind, uh, that you screw together and use braided ground strap that's been tinned or coated, or you can use flat copper strap. The only thing you're going to have to keep in mind is that if you just let copper just kind of hang out, it's going to oxidize, it's going to get um, affected by the elements that are around it, if you will. So that's why so many of that copper braided line is actually tinned and coated in some kind of material. That's also why it's kind of expensive because there's a whole process that goes into it. But the advantage of doing that is that uh, you get a massive surface area with a strap like that for grounding. And so that will pay dividends on the back end. So I hope that answered your questions but the best ground is the ground you you know are literally 
going to not only get your safe, secure lightning ground, but then bond all of the other ground options to that as well. Now, we didn't talk about how to ground your shack, but similar rules apply there as well. You want to use ground strap as much as possible for all of the entities, computer, power supply, tuner, radio, have that all connected at some central location if you can, have that feed out on a ground strap or braided line, again, flat, big surface area we're talking about, get that outside and then possibly to where that lightning ground is. You should be okay, you know, still going that route, but um, yeah, you know, there's there's different schools on all of this, it but doesn't sound like you love it. Mm, it's I don't know enough about where the shack is or how they're potentially going to ground that. But if you do a good job grounding the antenna safety ground all the way back to the AC service, it's it's going to do well for you. And then we can talk about the AC ground again. AC ground is what your devices are connected to for power. That's not the same thing as the safety ground for lightning strike protection. Mm. And that's also technically not the same type of ground that goes back to your service panel trying to bond all of this stuff together. So it's a series of things. If you want to know more, please go watch the video, the first video I did on my channel with Ward Silver. He did a fantastic job, I believe. And if you want even... Still, what a name. I know, Ward Silver. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, but if you want even... That's the new Dick Grayson. That is... Oh, no, <laughs> Dick Grayson's not anywhere near as good as Ward Silver. But if you want the another level of that, I'm not saying it's either better or worse, but uh, go check out Ham Radio TV. You remember Ham Radio TV? He did a video with the, um, the YouTubers Bunch online ham fest that we did. And he had someone that spoke about the NEC code and how to make sure that your shack is kind of up to date with grounding, specifically grounding to the NEC code. And to be honest, I have used that video multiple times when talking about my ham shack and how to make sure it's as, you know, as effective as it can be, particularly for lightning protection, among other things. So, yeah, perfect. Good email to wrap things up. Hard hitting grounding talk. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are scared to talk about grounding, but not me. Not you. Nope. That's why I got a, a lawyer on retainer. Rob, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Rob says, I'm sorry for hitting you with the grounding question number one million and one. Josh likes answering grounding questions. I actually do because I, I, um, I have seen, so I do not live in an area with a lot of lightning. We don't have a lot of lightning here, but there's a lot of people who do. And could you imagine waking up one morning and you have just a smoking pile of a radio and it got hit by lightning, that would be so sad. Seriously. And considering that for a lot of you, it's, you know, it's a couple hundred dollars to do this right, but I can guarantee that the people who have to worry about this are the people who've already spent thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars to get their radio into the position that it's in. So, you know, spend a little bit more money and make sure it's safe. Sure. Rob says, by the way, I just recommended a Baskin-Robbins praline and cream ice cream cake to someone last night. That is the right answer. That is your cake. I, I, I know you can't just go get those anymore, which is a sure. sad state of affairs. You, that was, I got to know, I'm, 
I don't want to give away all the uh, Baskin Robbins secrets. Why not? Okay, but so once upon a time, Baskin Robbins. Are there actually 32 flavors? <laughs> Tell me the truth. Well, they rotate them. They've got way more flavors than 30, 31. Is it really 31 in the store at any given time? Yeah, generally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the cakes, right? The cakes. I think we've talked, we might have talked about this. I don't know that I've given this secret away, but there's, there's the a slice one. them. The cakes, a many, many, many of them come prefabbed. There's these plastic, like tubs, if you will. Mm -hmm. They're stacked up in these big freezer boxes. But the, the major flavors, the most popular flavors are vanilla, chocolate chip, and mint chocolate chip. Absolutely. And then they're already sandwiched in cake, sponge cake or chocolate, devil's food cake. But you can custom order any cake at Baskin Robbins, at least the one that I worked at when I was 15 years old. And I'm just remembering this off the top of my head. I don't know. They all do this. But yeah, you can custom make whatever you want and the jam the the I, one of my favorite cakes is you get the sponge cake and i'm not even against subbing in the devil's food on this one because that actually adds a little bit of character to it but then do pralines and cream it is whew, wow top top tier they'll cut it they'll they'll cut all the ice cream they'll build it up for you custom make it it's a good cake good time all right well, Rob signs off 73, Rob K5 DCQ. Excellent. Well, I guess that's it for this uh, podcast then, huh? You sound a little sad. No, no. It's the time. It's the right time. Good question on the end there, Rob. Thank you for keeping it ham radio related. And we appreciate everybody who sends us everything, all the things. Uh, the emails, the voicemails, even those of you that like Rob, who sent us his book that he made recently, made a book. He's a true published author. That's amazing. So we appreciate you guys taking all the time. And if you could, if it's not too much to ask, go to Apple Podcasts and drop us a review there. We appreciate it. So thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73. Good night.